Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hey everyone, this is John Alba from the Extreme Life of Mad Hardy. Now, every single week on the podcast, you get to hear me and my buddy Mad Hardy talk all about the great wrestling stories from his career. And if you notice at the beginning of the podcast, we like to talk about the current happenings in the wrestling world. Well, that's not the only time all week long I get to do that. In fact, I've got a website I want to tell you all about. That is WrestlingAccordingToAlba.com. This is your chance to interact with me one-on-one every single week, multiple times, whether it's Ask Alba Q&As, tape studies where we break down famous wrestling matches, move for move, preview and review shows of WWE and AEW pay-per-views, and much, much more. If you like my takes on wrestling, or even if you don't, and you just want to talk about them in person with me, one-on-one, this is your opportunity to do so and join a great community of wrestling fans. Go to WrestlingAccordingToAlba.com now and join for as low as $4.99 a month. That's $4.99 a month cheaper than your cup of coffee at Starbucks. And join me for some great wrestling conversation about all the fantastic matches that we are seeing week in and week out with some of the best talent in the world. That's WrestlingAccordingToAlba.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out no house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com. Words are about to be spoken here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, presented to you by Ad-Free Shows and the Podcast Heat Network. I, of course, am John Alba, joined as I am every single week by the broken one, the woken one, the spoken one himself, Mr. Matt Hardy. Ooh, maybe a little Mr. Monday Night there, huh? Broken Matt Hardy. <laughs> that is gimmick infringement if I have ever seen it, my friend. How are you? Just paying a little respect to RVD. I like RVD. He's my buddy. Uh, and I would love to have RVD on this show sometime. You know, RVD was one of my guys. If we could get him to come on, talk about stiffing you in the Royal Rumble 2003, some of his matches with Jeff, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> love to make it happen. He's a pretty busy guy these days, rumor has it. Uh, how are you, my friend? You are up in uh, the Great White The Great Glory. White Glory. Yeah. How are things? Uh, it's very snowy outside. It's not snowing, but I mean, there's just so much snow built up and it's nine degrees outside. So obviously this, the snow is sticking around for a bit. Mm, Some great wrestling fans in Canada. 
Yeah, yeah, especially Western Canada. It, it's uh, it's funny, you know, kind of when you get Manitoba, slide over to Calgary a little bit, it's a little more southern, a little more mid midwestern as far as the United States go, as far as the, the wrestling fans. And they're, they're always really good. They're enthusiastic, and they're, they're really here to have a good time. Last night, whenever I landed in the airport, there were over 50 fans waiting and going nuts. And, like, everybody wanted a picture, everybody wanted an autograph. And uh, they were super excited and hyped to have AEW be in town. Well, I know it's a big one for Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho in particular. Uh, what do you think yeah. performing in Canada means to those guys? Because they really take a lot of pride in where they hail from. I mean, performing here in Winnipeg, you know, both of their hometowns, it's, it's a big mm -hmm. deal for them. You know, to bring AEW here, it's a, it's a project that both of them were, you know, cornerstones for. You know, AEW, without those two guys, you don't get AEW as it is right now. So uh, it's, it's definitely going to be a big deal to bring something they had so much so much investment in as far as all elite wrestling to uh, Winnipeg and be here doing a show. I'm sure they're both super excited to be here. No doubt about it. it should be uh, quite the spectacle. I want to hit on a couple things before we have our main topic of conversation today, which is going to be about Bray Wyatt and the ultimate deletion. It's going to be a very fun episode to do. I'm excited to watch the uh, ultimate deletion with you for the first time. Uh, I do want to say right off the bat, Matt Hardy, uh, uh, sincere condolences from the extreme life of Matt Hardy and the entire ad free shows network to your pal, Arn Anderson, who uh, recently lost his oldest son this past week. Uh, just an absolute tragedy. Just 37 years old. Anything you'd like to say for your old friend Arn there? Um, I mean, it's, I can't even imagine being in that situation, you know, to, to have a son and lose a son. It's just, it seems so wrong for a son to die before their father or their mother. You know, it's just, my heart goes out to Orin. I feel, I feel so terrible for him. And uh, I just wish him the best and, and Godspeed to his son during this very tough and difficult time for Orin. Yeah. One of the yeah. nicest guys in wrestling is Arn Anderson. So, uh, sending yeah. him and his family all the healing and all of the best, no doubt about that. Um, Matt, I, I do want to pick your brain on this. I don't know how much you can say or how much you know. It's very possible you're totally out of the dark, out in the dark on this. Uh, but there was some uh, rumor and innuendo this week floating around that AEW could be adding a third television show of wrestling. Again, I don't know how much you know, how much you can share. Uh, but what would you think about the prospect, hypothetically speaking, of AEW potentially adding another hour or so of television wrestling to the rotation? Uh, I mean, I'm okay with that, obviously. AEW has a huge roster. Uh, it, it's hard to get everyone on a dynamite and a rampage. And if they do end up doing it, I almost think you take, like, the Elevation show and you've kind of, you kind of transform it into a, a television show, you know, that airs here nationally in, in the U.S. and then I'm sure it would air globally as well. But I, I think it would be okay to have a show where you have some guys that just go out and get wins and you continue to, to build them up to feature them on Rampages and Dynamites. I would be okay with a show like that, you know, almost similar to a Sunday Night Heat or Velocity or, you know, even more of a throwback than that, a wrestling challenge or wrestling superstars. I, I'd be cool with that. I was BSing around with some friends. I, I kind of came up with a concept. I'm curious what you would think about this. I think you'd be down with it. You know, we, we know that Rampage is, it, they just show a ton of wrestling matches. They cram a ton of wrestling into that one hour that we see. You got right. dark elevation. You got dark. I would love for AW, say it was a Saturday night primetime show, like it sounds like it might be if it happens, mm -hmm. uh, as for the right. reports. I would love if it was like a two match show. 
you had one match in each hour and you spent the entire 15 minutes, the first 15 minutes of each half hour, just building the match up, show some vignettes, interview both of the competitors, get insight from your, your analysts that you have and make it feel like two prize fights every single episode of this show where you're really building some inter inter show storytelling and adding a lot of, as you'd like to say, equity to these matches. What do you think about something like that? I feel like it would help differentiate it from some of the other programming on TV. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. And I do like builds for the match, but I feel like if you, if it is an hour, if it's an hour long show, I feel like two matches is a little too thin. And I feel like, you know, you could spend some time, I think, do a minute and build up a match before, but I would almost use it more to like try and try and build stars, try and take guys who, because in AEW, I feel like there's a, a a big number of talents that they go out and they wrestle in a big match, and you know they're just putting someone over. You know, like sure. if you yeah. see if you see Sky Blue going out to wrestle Jade or Britt Baker or Jamie Hayde, or you, you, I mean, you you kind of know who's going to win. What's the outcome? I, I would like to see them build up a Sky Blue. I would like to see them build up some of the younger guys that do that as well, like. Lee Moriarty is one, you know, I, I would like to see him build some, you know, so I would like to see a package, you know, give me 30 seconds, a minute on this person and then yeah. let them have a match. And even if they wrestle someone that is local and they just get a very strong win, I, I'm good with that. I think there's a place for those on TV and in building people. But I think the, the most important thing is that you need to use that hour of television to build equity in the guys that don't necessarily get it on a dynamite or rampage. I, I think that would be the most beneficial to AW. Yeah. Well, we'll see if it happens. Again, those just the reports. Nothing confirmed as of now. I just want to ping your brain on it. Um, I'll tell you, Matt, this week it, it has just been wild as we kind of get on this road to WrestleMania. We're heading into this April part of the calendar, which is amazing that we're almost already a quarter done with 2023. This year's flying by right now. You are going to be training Stokely Hathaway for his match with Hook, uh, what is your methodology there, my friend? How are you going to prepare Stokely for a one-on-one -on -one bout with one of the most dangerous men in AEW? I'm just trying to train Stokely how to survive more than anything else, you know, so mm -hmm. we can keep him around. And you know, when I gave him that nice, genuine, authentic, you know, authentic hug, and very real. Him, I, I love you, brother. Uh, you know, I'll train you, brother. I'll. I'll share all my secrets with you and, and we're going to get, we're going to get through this and you're going to be good. So uh, it's going to be fun doing a little training with Stokely and uh, it's going to be really interesting. I, you know, as of this point right now, we might find out tonight, we might find out Friday when the official match is going to be with Stokely and hook, but we're going to get them ready. Isaiah and I, we're going to, we're going to share all our secrets with him. We're going to do everything we can to get him ready in a very small window of time. And, you know, uh, when it comes to Stokely, Facing Hook, I just got to say, it couldn't happen to a better guy, you know, so we just got to make sure he's ready. No wee fee, no large charge. You're doing this out of the goodness of your heart. You want to prepare him for this, and I think that's a pretty admirable thing that you're going to do there, my friend. I'm a kind man, <laughs> the kind of man that Stokely really wants to train with. Mm, well, I can tell you, you know, Stokely Hathaway is not a guy that typically has a whole lot of gear, but if he hypothetically wanted to get some gear – he could head over to boxofgimmicks.com. Let me try that again. Ready, guys? Boxofgimmicks.com. Head to the collection section. Look up the extreme life of Matt Hardy. And look at this, Matt. These are the new baseball tees that we yeah. just uploaded to the Box of Gimmicks website. 
Oh my goodness. You're, you're a big baseball guy. Imagine walking around in one of these on your Saturday mornings. You're in a slow pitch softball league. You're out there and you're rocking the extreme life of Matt Hardy, Matt fact, Matt fiction, baseball tee. How good does that look? Uh, it's, it's what I like to refer to as a nicety. It looks great. That's I a good shirt. It's a good shirt, John. It's a good shirt. I think it's so great that I don't need one. I don't need two. I don't need three. I don't need four. I need five Cinco, five Cinco, five. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Fiction, Box of Gimmicks, Baseball Tees, boxofgimmicks.com. Head to the collections. Head to the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy store and put this T-shirt on your back because, man, you're going to be looking real fly. I mean, real fly. And I think yeah. Stokely Hathaway would benefit quite a bit from wrestling in that all right my yeah. friend i'm gonna suggest that i'm gonna suggest that to him tonight i think to rock the right. mad fiction shirt i think i think would good luck as well i absolutely it would be a lot of very good luck and if not he'll look good tapping out in it it's whatever man <laughs> if, if hook even lets him survive survive if i let you i heard that runs in the bloodline of hook's family uh, once or twice so speaking of Matt Fact and Matt Fiction, I think we've reached that point of the episode, my friend. Hit us with your Matt Fact. Matt Fact, Matt always intakes too much food when he eats Korean barbecue. Okay. Uh, that seems like a frequent occurrence in the hearty life. I feel like every weekend you guys are over getting some K-pot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, the, Rebby found this place that does like hot pots and they do the standard Korean barbecue and she loves it. Uh, you know, and I told her I was much more into the, the meat side of it where we, where we eat all that. And like, we've been, we, we go there maybe once every couple weeks, but I, I do notice that when I go eat, we usually eat early and that's the only meal. I don't eat anything else for the rest of the day. Holy shit. Like I'm one of those people too. Like, uh, you know, in the, in the past I've hit, hit you with that matter of fact saying, you know, one of Matt's pet peeves is someone who wastes food and money. And whenever I go, if I'm paying a, a large charge for a whole lot of meat, I, uh, I'm not going to waste it. So I'm going to I'm going to get my money's worth. I'm going to make sure they earn it. You know, so it, it's it's good. It's good quality food. But but I, I do often intake too much food. Matt Hardy loves the meat. Oh, yeah. I'm a big meat and rice guy. <laughs> I love, you know, that fact. Matt is a big meat and rice guy. Look at that. 100%. I, uh, you know, I never know with you. I'm always on my toes. Every now and then, I'm just ready to spring into action. <laughs> that first one, it's going to be a lot of text to fit in a little text box, but we'll uh, we'll make it happen. It'll, it will work there. Uh, I do. Right, I, I, I always do. I was just going to say, because I, I, I know uh, the editing team behind Matt Hardy Pod, which is probably you, John, uh, works really hard on that. So I try and keep my word down as much as possible, but I accidentally stuck always in there <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to just Matt intakes. So my, my bad. My apologies. It's okay. It's Thank right. you well, for creating beautiful Matt Facts in this lovely font. No problem. Hey, look, I know Matt Fact Monday is a big part of the brand. So I, yeah, I get it. Right. I, yep. I know that. And look, you get me some clout because you tagged me in those. Ins I'll pick up a couple followers off of that. So it's fine by me. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, all right, Matt, let's get into it here. We did an episode entirely on your run as Woken Matt Hardy with Bray Wyatt. I think that's a long time ago in the archives. It was episode 20, in fact, which we are right. now in our 60s because we are old AF, my friend. But you're not wrong. 
<laughs> but uh, it is a great episode with some fantastic insight onto Bray Wyatt's relationship with Vince McMahon and his standing in the company at the time. And I told you back when we did it, we were going to do a long form eventually on the ultimate deletion. WWE's first Matt Hardy cinematic match, which saw Bray Wyatt come to the Hardy compound uh, and eventually uh, face you. And it would lead to some significant character changes. But if you'd like to catch everyone up to this point here, where things stand in the few weeks prior to the ultimate deletion, how were you mm-hmm. and Bray feeling about how you guys were being booked and positioned going into a potential cinematic match? I mean, we tried for weeks and weeks, probably months at the end of the day, just trying to get a cinematic match at the Hardy Compound Greenlit through Vince, you know, and it was very challenging and tough for the writers to do. Um, you know, Bray, Bray and I, we obviously enjoyed our program together. We liked it a lot. We thought we overkilled the laughing thing. You know, we did that the first time. It was really good. And Vince said, oh, my God, I got such a great reaction. And I love it personally, so I want to do it every single time. You know, he was booking that laughter for him because it was something he enjoyed. And and we thought it was a little much. And you'll see whenever we watch The Ultimate Deletion right from the jump before we lock up, myself and Bray give a little nod and wink to the overmount of laughing that we were doing because we, uh, you know, I say at the very beginning, I go, is the, the time for laughing is over. And that was, you know, a little dig at all the laughing Vince made us do week in and week out because he loved it so much. But uh, Bray and I, we just, we wanted to get that cinematic match. We knew that's what fans wanted, you know, especially anyone who had followed me from the TNA days. You know, there were a couple of times where I made tweets out towards Bray Wyatt, especially after they had the cinematic match following the final deletion. And I mean, that was going to be a big deal. And we thought it, it, it promoted right and done the right way. We could make it into something really special. You know, you get this dream match of Broken Matt Hardy from TNA versus uh, Bray Wyatt from WWE, two characters who totally fit together perfectly. So it, it was just t- tough to get that match. And we got it cleared about two weeks out. And we were excited once we finally got the match cleared. When you signed with wwe was that always in your tunnel vision that you would want to get a hardy compound match in or a cinematic match in at some point in that run yes without a doubt and i I remember hunter was very open he said you know like yeah while we're figuring out you know you're figuring out all this trademark stuff with the whole broken Matt hardy thing he said you know we can kind of start we can do a hardy boys run and then hopefully we can do a good good broken Matt hardy run at, at the end of it and you know with vince i don't think he Vince probably uh, was a little biased towards Broken Matt Hardy in general, just because it wasn't a WWE creation. Because he, he really is like, if it's something he creates, something he feels like he was a part of, he is he is definitely going to lean into it and he's going to promote it and push it a lot, lot more if he feels like it's his creation. So this is something that was created outside the walls of Alexandria, outside of WWE, something that got over very much on its own. So I know it was going to be a little more challenging, but... You know, I, I think I told the story in the, the Bray Wyatt episode. Eventually, you know, Vince said, like, they won't stop doing this whole delete thing. They do it nonstop. So let's go ahead and try this thing. Let's give the people what they want if, if that's what they want so bad. So, so yeah, I, uh, I I really want to do a cinematic match right from the jump. I really want to do one with Bray Wyatt when it was all said and done. So I kept that in the back of my mind. And I, I was very open-minded to what they had suggested. Like, let's do a Hardy Boys run. Let's do as great as we can with the Hardy Boys. And then, you know, if – Things work out where we can do Broken Matt Hardy or some version of Broken Matt Hardy, then we'll try and do that to the best of our ability. 
what about the prospect of having all of the bells and whistles of a WWE production? I know there's some good and there's some bad that comes with it. There's certainly pros and there's certainly cons that come with Vince McMahon and the entire production crew being involved. Was that appealing to you or not as much? I mean, it was, I was really, I was really interested to see how they would, how, how they would perceive this match, how they would edit this match, what they could do. I mean, they had so many tools at their disposal when you talk about production and editing. So that, that was very exciting with that same thing being said, I remember telling Ed Kosky was the guy who worked with Bray and I the majority of the time. He was like the kind of the head writer there. So whenever we would go to get something cleared, we would talk with Ed Kosky. And I remember once we did get the ultimate deletion cleared to do, I said, I would like this to be a little more gritty. I don't want this to be so luxurious. So, you know, uh, so, so WWE, I don't want it over lit. I want it to be a little more dark, a little more gritty, uh, a, a little more street style, you know? So, and Ed, understood that but he didn't know if Vince was going to allow that because anything that he's putting on his television product he wants is as, as glamorous as possible yeah I, I think and I could be wrong this is me going off the top of my head WWE had only done two cinematic matches prior to this they did that New Day one that we talked about on this on the Bray Wyatt right. episode which I didn't exactly get the kindest reviews from the peanut gallery and they did the House of Horrors match with Bray and Randy, which I think is generally panned as maybe the worst cinematic match of all time. So uh, the track record wasn't super great coming into this, Matt. Is there any type of concern going into something like this? Uh, you know me, man. I'm the ultimate optimist, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope for the best, and I'm going to try and do everything in my ability to make things the best. So I, I wasn't concerned, like, oh, my God, they're going to mess up my whole concept of this great string of cinematic matches I've had or whatever. I, I really didn't I really didn't think like that. I, I don't keep that mentality. I think that's a very negative mentality to have in the first place. So, no, I, I went into it with an open mind. I went into it very optimistic. And uh, it, it's it's so funny. He eventually Vince eventually said, like, you know, Ed, what are we doing in this deal? And Ed said, hey, can you like write up your you know general ideas, what you want to do? However you would do this in TNA, just just write up you know, your whole idea about this match. And then I'll submit it to Vince and say, I did it. So hopefully we'll get more clearance. Here. And that, that's, that's what we ended up doing too. Like I literally wrote out everything, gave it to Ed. Ed probably put some different words in that were very appealing to Vince. And then he turned it into Vince and, and then we got it cleared to do. Wow. That's again, it's, it's like, how are you appealing to the King, right? How can you make your presentation something that is digestible for the King? And we know he has his little nuances, Vince. We ha he has his little idiosyncrasies that resonate with him. I'm curious, because we've talked at length about the Woken character with him and the planetarium bit and everything. Right. Here we are a few months into you doing it. We're about three, three and a half months into you doing it. You mentioned the laughing stuff. Was the character clicking with Vince? Was he understanding what you were trying to accomplish as far as your read on the situation? I, I think with the way he tried to forge it into something that he understood a little more uh, helped and was beneficial. So that's why I was like, okay, to go along with it. Because if, if Vince feels like he's playing a part in it, obviously he's going to to do a lot more with you. And, and, and my, 
my, my main goal, the most important goal was to get a cinematic match. That was very important. That was one of my entire goals coming back to WWE to be able to, to do cinematic matches every so often. So yeah, I, I, I didn't like the laughing stuff. Ray didn't like the laughing stuff and we thought that was too much. We got doing comedy. I mean, for instance, like Bray Wyatt, even in his most serious and, and, and deadly, you know, reintervention as the fiend, you know, would still do Bray Wyatt, Firefly Funhouse Bray. And he would also do Bray Wyatt, Muscle Man Bray on top of Bray Wyatt, the fiend, which was an absolute killer. So, so Bray understands the comedy in stuff, how you have had to have like humor and lighthearted moments. And, and I do as well, obviously, because Broken Matt Hardy did so much silliness as it was anyway, but that was part of the entertaining concept. I feel like in these matches, you can have moments that are very serious and, and very sincere and even dramatic, you know, but you also can't take yourself too serious because when you're doing a cinematic match, you're still two pro, two pro wrestlers that are basically doing like a, a, a version of a movie. And it's not like you're the greatest actors in the world. You know, we're, we're not Matthew McConaughey and, and Brad Pitt. We're out there doing our thing. And we're wrestling and we're being, you know, live stuntmen on the fly as we're doing all this. But also we're, we're entertaining people. I felt like the House of Horrors match, which you referenced earlier with Randy and Bray, you could tell that had Vince's fingerprints over it. It tried to take itself way too serious. And they tried to, like, do a horror movie thing. But I think at the end of the day, it just came off cheesy. And I feel like if you try to do something way too serious in the insane and larger-than-life fantastical world of, of pro wrestling, I feel like it, it, it'll rub people the wrong way. Because it's not going to be the, the great thing you want. Because once again, then you go back to, to men fighting one another in their underwear, throwing each other in the ropes and stuff. You know, like pro wrestling isn't a, a serious contest. And I still, once again, I, I would recommend everyone out there, don't take your pro wrestling too serious. Enjoy it. But like, remember, like this is entertainment at the end of the day. And, and pro wrestling was built on entertainment. And it'll always need entertainment in, in the confines of pro wrestling. What was your take on Bray's character at this time? He's... Less than a year removed from being WWE champion. He has that unceremonious dethroning at WrestleMania, the one that you came back at. Mm -hmm. Then he has the House of Horrors match, as we talked about. There's a whole bunch of hubaloo with uh, his character speaking the tongues, essentially, in his promos. And then he gets paired up with you. It almost felt, from speaking from the fan standpoint here, uh, he had cooled off pretty significantly heading into this feud with you. What was your take on his presentation? Yeah, I mean, you you could tell he wasn't uh, in the top three of Vince's to-do list when it came to promoting wrestlers at that time, which it is what it is. I mean, pro wrestling, you know, and, unless you're one of the top two or three guys, it's always going to be a cosine curve. There's going to be times where your career is up and then it's going to come back down. You rebuild again, go back up, back down. And, and that's the story of pro wrestling in a, in a nutshell. For the ma majority of people to end up being pretty successful, it's a cosine curve. So, yeah, he was he was obviously kind of on the lower part of his cosine curve with uh, with Vince during that time. But I thought this thing with, you know, a, a rebirth of a, a version of Broken Man Hardy and Bray Wyatt could could really help to, to build him back up. I, I thought we could both build one another up during this time. One thing I really disliked about that run with him was that the audiences were so clamoring for him to be a babyface. Everyone wanted to get behind Bray Wyatt. They, he'd get big reactions. Even when his character stunk, he'd get big reactions all the time, and people wanted to cheer for him. And they were so resistant to making him a babyface. It took him so long to have a... I, I'm pretty sure your run with him, once he turns, 
is his first like true baby face run in WWE, which is, is crazy to think about. Uh, why right. do you think you were so resistant to listening to that feedback? Because I really do believe it. It hurt Bray in the long run. Yeah. I mean, it, once again, if a character is that entertaining and he was very entertaining, you know, the stuff he did with, you know, Bray Wyatt cult leader back in the day, whenever he had the, the Wyatt family with him, you know, that, that version of Bray was very entertaining. It was very deep. He did cool stuff. And I think fans, especially fans that are more in the know in this day and age, they're like, wow, this guy's, I, I like these promos. There's a lot of depth and the way he commits to this character. I mean, there, there's people that definitely respect that. And, and I think he had, Build a lot of equity in fans that did respect the things he'd done and how committed he was to his character, where they did get to that point where they wanted him to be a babyface and they wanted to cheer him. They wanted to feel okay cheering him. And whenever we ended up being the deleters of the world following the ultimate deletion, dude, we got insane reactions whenever we went out. I mean, it, it was really, really over, but I, th I think it was just, you know, it was way out of Vince's depth level at that time. And he just didn't get how to utilize us to, to maximize us. In, in my opinion, that, that's my take on it. And he, I remember there were so many times he said, like, you guys can be something very special. Like, you can be two of the, you know, one of the most special acts around here, but you have to do it this way. You have to, you know, work this way. You have to do this, have to do that. But then, once again, he would throw us just in tag matches where we would beat, you know, uh, the Revival in three minutes, you know, or we would beat, you know, uh, it, there were a ton of teams, Titus O'Neill and, uh, and his partner. Uh, whoever he's working with at that time. I mean, there were so many people we went out, we just had like three or four minute matches on TV and it, it didn't do anything for those guys, obviously. And it really didn't do anything for us because it wasn't helping us. It wasn't helping move our, our, our characters, which was first and foremost, the most important thing about us at that time. The matches really didn't matter. It was our characters that needed to be built. It was our characters that needed to be intensified. And the best way to do that and get them over was like shoot in weird remote locations. That would have worked for both of us yeah. at that time. And just Vince didn't see that. Well, and you said that on our Bray Wyatt episode, too, where one of the things that we both agreed, you and I both agreed, really killed this feud was that you had actual in-ring matches that were not given time at all. Yeah. And they kind of took a lot of the lust and lore, the bells and whistles out of all these wacky, wild promos you guys were doing together. Did, did that yeah. really handicap you guys? Yeah, I mean, it was, and once again, it was Titus O'Neil and Apollos who was going to say that was a match that we had that was real quick. I mean, it just, it, it wasn't beneficial to us because, like, we aren't normal pro wrestlers. We are characters that are fantastical. And just putting us in the ring kind of takes away from that. It, it normalizes us. And when you have two freaks, like a broken Matt Hardy and uh, a Bray Wyatt, you don't want to normalize those guys. The I feel like the less you see them in the ring, the better. We We tried for so long to get vignettes for me at the Hardy compound during our feud, which I couldn't get Vince. I don't, I don't know if he just didn't trust me or he, he just wasn't sure. I mean, you know, I, I kept doing the promos in front of the, as, as my wife says all the time, the fucking wrinkled white sheet in the background. She said <laughs> like, Oh my God, you know, just, can you stop doing what in front of this fucking wrinkled white sheet, white sheet. And, and I, I think Vince's mindset was like, I played into the light and the dark which I feel like that's the oldest story between like good and bad. And I feel like that's something that is like huge and, and larger than life, very space and time driven, you know, and that was the story that I was doing. I did that with decay with house Hardy versus decay. You know, we were the light, they were the dark. And I did it with myself and Bray and in, in that great war. And, you know, Vince said, okay, well, if you're in the light, then we'll put you in front of a white sheet. 
well, it'll be brilliant in the back, and we'll have Bray in this, this, this dark setting. Yeah, I mean, I say that, but I mean, it's more or less like an analogy. Like, I am the light. I am the good guy. You know, but I think if you have vignettes, we could go to my place. We could shoot a month's worth of vignettes, you know, in, in, in one sitting. And then we have all these cool vignettes to show. And then also you've introduced the Hardy compound and, and even some members of House Hardy to my family. So they're a little more aware of it. WWE fans that never saw it on, T on TNA. But, you know, we, we never got that cleared. And we just tried and tried and tried. And eventually we got the cinematic match, which was as Eddie Guerrero would say, better than nothing. I mean, look, you did get some vignettes on TV. Like you said, the laughing and stuff. You got Napoleon, the, the goldfish, right? right? I mean, that, that was super fun. Listen, Napoleon, in my opinion, Matt, I, you know, he's swimming around in his little bowl of water. I know you were encouraging him to find his vessel, his old vessel. It, it, truthfully, I think he would have been able to retake his human form had he been swimming around in some AG1s. Because you know that every single day, Matt Hardy, you take your AG1 and all of a sudden you're feeling like you're in the best human vessel possible. Am I wrong by suggesting that, my friend? You are not at all. I have had my AG1 today. I got to ask you this, John. Have you had your AG1 yet? <laughs> I have because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, aging, all those things. I'll tell you, Matt, I am dragon. I am legitimately dragon with this daylight saving time change and AG1 oh helps. Get, is it hard for you to get going every morning with it? No, I love daylight savings time. When is when is when it's a uh, light later, I'm good with it. I'm good with it all, all day long. Uh, AG1 just helps, uh, helps improve my experience. That's what I'm saying. So I'm taking AG1 to help get me going just a little bit more because listen, let's, let's face the realities here. A ton of people take some kind of multivitamin to start their day. So it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body is actually going to absorb. And AG1 is a small micro habit with big time benefits that you can do for yourself every single day. And it's going to cost you less than $3 per day. So that's cheaper than running out to your, your favorite coffee shop, getting a chai tea latte or, or whatever you're putting in your body it's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself it is an all-in-one nutritional insurance and we here at the extreme life of matt hardy we encourage you to join us in partaking and in indulging in ag1 it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutritional insurance just one scoop and a cup of water every single day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and how many free travel packs matt hardy hmm. five cinco five cinco five free travel packs indulge i love the fact that you use that word broken matt hardy loves to indulge in ag ones I know that he does. You can get that all with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Hardy. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Hardy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. You brought up something very important just there, though, before. You said that you would have liked to have seen the introduction of the House Hardy a little earlier to when the WWE audience got a chance to meet them. Now, in TNA, House Hardy was a huge part of the Broken Matt story and the Broken Universe. Massive part. Well, I think we talked about on the final deletion episode, it really came down to all these different characters that made you care. And the settings were characters. Right before, the week before we get the ultimate deletion, that's our first time that we're seeing all right. these different characters. That's the first time we're seeing Queen Rebecca on WWE television and the Doma deletion and all these special places. My opinion, as a, a fan, that, that hinders the investment, Matt, in how much people are going to put these pieces together. Sure, if you follow TNA, okay. But as we know, the TNA audience although maybe vocal was relatively small compared to the WWE audience. And I I do feel like that may have affected how this thing actually stuck the landing with people. What's your take on that? I I think it would have helped us if once, you know, broken Matt Hardy as woken Matt Hardy started, I feel like if we would have introduced, you know, like Queen Rebecca, uh, senior Benjamin, I think in in small little tidbits, I, I think it would have been, it would have went so far. It would have went a long ways, especially, you know, if, if we had that guarantee, we were going to have that cinematic match eventually and they could play little roles in it. And it, it's so funny, even like when when they popped up, I mean, they all got big reactions too. you know, in, in the ultimate deletion, Queen Rebecca played Bray Watt's theme song. I mean, what, what a guy, what a host I am. I mean, I invite you to my house to like delete you, but I'm going to give you your own entrance music, the coolest version you've ever had. Uh, Senior Benjamin, whenever he popped up from underneath the boat, uh, it was once again, big pop, big pop live there. I was actually at the arena and, and watched it live. Whenever we did that, it's funny. I sent you some screenshots about it when it was trending. And, you know, the first ones were like at 10 something. We were somewhere in central time. I know whenever it aired. So like I had done that weekend of house shows, I did the deal and we sat around there and we watched it because I wanted, they, they played to the live crowd. I wanted to hear the reactions of the live crowd. And I stayed the whole night and actually watched it right outside with the live crowd so I could hear the reactions to it. And, and they, there were big pops whenever they, they saw members that they knew Vanguard one got a huge pop too. You know, Vanguard one, uh, just so, so important. So, so, so important to the broken universe as well. But all, all of those characters, if they could have been introduced weeks earlier or months earlier, it would have gone a long ways. I think, John. Who came up with the name, the ultimate deletion? That was mine. Why the ultimate deletion? Uh, just trying to piggyback. I mean, obviously when I, I came up with the final deletion, which was Jeff's, uh, which was the, the stuff with me and brother Nero. It's like where he had beat me in all these matches. And this is like the, the last time. And whenever I beat him in this, you know, then I get all the, you know, rights to the Hardy name and, and trademark and the legacy of all things that, that are Hardy. Uh, so the final deletion, I thought was a very fitting name. Like this is the final time I'm going to delete him and then it's going to change. And then the the best thing I could come up with was the ultimate deletion. And that was something we finally got Vince on our phone and, and approved. Because I just I wanted to put like some finality to it. And that, that's more or less why I was looking for a name like that. 
in the weeks leading up, did you know that this was going to lead to a significant character change for Bray? Yeah, I mean, we we had talked about that, and and that that was cool. I, I, and I want to say too, Vince said, yeah, whatever this lake thing is, you know, you guys do like let's you know if Bray goes into this lake where he changes, and then this this, this will be a change, you know, he'll come and he'll return at WrestleMania and he'll help you win that battle Royal or whatever. So yeah, that, that was actually, I think Vince actually put that forward and he, he was cool with that. He understood that concept to a degree. Like, I, I don't think he got <laughs> how outrageous the Lake of reincarnation could get, but he did get that. That's where a character goes in and it like drastically changes their, their character, whatever it may be. Was there ever any talk? I, I want to circle back to this real quick. Was there any ever talk? of bringing the house Hardy to television at all. Like not, I'm not talking just vignettes, like having Rebby show up in a vignette live with you backstage or something like that. Was there ever any discussions of that? No, there, there wasn't. I, I know there were uh, a couple times, like I, I know I had pitched at one time to have an entrance with her and like even do the piano, like, you know, in conjunction with the music that I had, the, the, the song that they made, the, the theme for Woken Matt Hardy. Uh, which we weren't able to make that happen. But no, I would have been very cool with that. I, th I thought that would have been cool to have them like live at the arena and, and appear from the crowd. Yeah. Did you like the Woken Matt theme? I did. I did. That was a big Hunter thing. Hunter was really hands-on with doing that uh, and talked to the guy doing music at that time. And like, you know, when I first heard it, I was like, well, this is a big drastic change from Moonlight Sonata, you know, the, the third but but I but I dug it and and I got into it and eventually I, I got it down. And I, I really ended up liking it a lot. It was like uh, the Monster Magnet song, "Live for the Moment." At, at first, I wasn't sure, but it it grew on me a lot as time went on. Yeah, it actually grew on me too. I didn't like it at first either, but after a few weeks, I was like, okay, th this fits. I, it it works with him and your little facial mm -hmm. expressions that you were doing as well. So. Uh, I'd imagine there's a lot of anticipation here leading up to the ultimate deletion. What was the first of all, I guess I should ask how many weeks out was this shot? Um, this was shot about a, about a week out. Yeah, it was about a week out. I want to say, cause it aired right on, we're doing this episode because it's March 19th is, is the, the day year anniversary this week. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was shot. March 12th was the week before it, it was shot maybe like March 9th, March 10th. Oh, I want to say something, something along those lines. Gotcha. Okay. What was the anticipation like backstage amongst the locker room? This is going to be their first real taste of the broken universe in its essence. But people were pretty excited to see it, especially just knowing all the craziness that we created at TNA. I know there were a lot of people's like, cause I'd had a version of it. Uh, after it was done, like, you know, 24 hours before, 36 hours before. And they said, no, no, I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I just want to watch it live. I want to watch it live. So that, that was cool that people were excited to see it. We call that a locker room sellout amongst the boys, right? Where they're all gathered around the TV. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I think it's one of those things where just like, you know, they, they want to sit in front of the TV and they're like, entertain me. Entertain me, you sons of bitches. You know, and that's what they were <laughs> looking for, for, you know, whatever, 15, 16 minutes of entertainment. I do think that is one of the coolest things when there's like a high profile match or something that people really want to see. And you'll legitimately get the locker room huddled around a TV or a monitor wanting to see the match unfold. Do you, do you have any recollections of a locker room sellout per se that stick out to you over the course of your career? Um, <laughs> uh, the, the biggest locker room sellout that I can think of that stands out is uh, WrestleMania 
15, if I'm not mistaken, which was Butterbean versus Bart Gunn. <laughs> there, there, there were a lot of people that really thought like Bart Gunn was going to like become this huge name when he beat Butterbean. And there were a lot of people, me being one, I was like, I don't know, this guy's like done boxing his whole career and he's like a pretty much a badass. There, there was a huge locker room sellout for that match specifically. And uh, the mood kind of came down at the very end of that, you know, because now you have Bart Gunn who beat everyone else, you know, and I went on to face Butterbean and then he got massacred, knocked out cold by Butterbean. So that's the biggest locker room sellout I can think about. And it was, it was pretty torn towards the end of it. Well, the good news, Matt Hardy, is that there are sellouts or near sellouts all the time, whether it's in the locker room or at, a concert, a wrestling event, whatever it may be. And with our newest partners over at Game Time, you don't got to worry about that because Game Time is specializing in last-minute tickets with the lowest price guaranteed. Matt, you know I'm all about our partners here at Game Time because if I wanted to get those last-minute, uh, hypothetically, uh, Bruce Springsteen tickets, you know... Yes, I'm going to our pals over at Game Time. You're someone that, and I say this with all due respect, I've known you pretty well at this point. You like to kind of push the clock a little bit. You, you, you wait till the, the last minute sometimes to get something done, but you always get it done efficiently. How perfect does that make Game Time for you when you're purchasing tickets for events? It's a match made in heaven. I was just <laughs> going to say, if there's anybody in Winnipeg that uh, – is wanting to snatch some AEW tickets last minute, game time would be the way to go. Because it's almost sold out tonight, but game time, they can hook you up. And here's all you got to do. You download the game time app, and it's going to show you all the upcoming events in your area. And what I love about this app, and I, I so mean this genuinely, as somebody who perpetually buys concert tickets and event tickets, uh, I buy them all the time, especially last minute. Yes, especially Springsteen. Especially Springsteen, which we are going on nine shows for this tour. I'm fine. Everything's great. Okay. And Game Time might hook me up with a 10th. Just saying as we tape this. But what I want to say about this is uh, what I love most that you won't see on most other apps is that you get a view from your seat in most of the cases. You can see, you click the, the seat that you want to purchase and you'll get a view from that, which is fantastic because that puts perspective on what I'm going to be spending my money on, right? Like that's, that's huge. Yes. And this is my absolute favorite part right here, Matt, ready for this. They have something called yes. all in pricing and you know, you know, a thing or two about being all in and all out. Yes. Well, game time shows you all in pricing, which means you click the option, you can toggle it on and it will include all of the fees right up front. So no more finding a super cheap ticket and then going into checkout and seeing hundreds of dollars of fees added to your order. You see everything added up right in front of you. We love transparency, do we not? We love. We're all about the transparency here. All about it's it. Our, it's one of our biggest things that we promote here on The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. The game time Indeed. guarantee means you're always going to get the best price on your tickets. If you find tickets in the same section in rows for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. This is, this is, we're not, we're not talking wee fees and large charges here, Matt. We're talking the lowest prices that you're going to find out on the ticket market. And we want to help you out with our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Hardy 
for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code Hardy for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Uh, what do you think you're going to be using uh, your game time discount on with uh, the queen, perhaps? What, what might you want to save up and take her to see? Uh, I'll, she she has a, a lot of particular favorite bands. You know, maybe I'll look into that. I think that would work. I mean, for me, if I was doing it personally, maybe I could even twist her arm a little bit and get her to go to a Pearl Jam or Kings, Kings of Leon concert. Well, you know, with that all in pricing, you'll know exactly what you're paying up front, brother. 100% will. Maybe even I can drag her out to a public enemy show. <laughs> she Well, I mean, I was going to say, you know, she, she has experience in the NWA front, so maybe you could get some crossover appeal there. Uh, I did see The Cure is going on tour, and uh, I know she... I know Gothic Baby's big into the cure. Right. <laughs> she, falls asleep, she falls asleep to it quite often. I got to tell you, that video you posted of Gothic Baby with her giggling around chasing you, I mean, how great was that? Uh, it was. She she loves to run. She's full of so much energy. She has so much personality already. It's She's, a, she's an amazing young lady. I called them the Gothic Giggles that we saw. Yeah. How she was chasing yeah. you down. I love that. All right, Matt, I think it's time, my friend, to watch the ultimate deletion. And we are going to watch the raw and uncut version. Uh, if you would like to watch with us, you can head over to WWE's YouTube channel and they have the entire uncut version. That is the version that we will be watching. How much of this was trimmed down for airing on Raw? Um, I mean... It no, I mean, that, that's how it aired on Raw. What, what is uploaded on YouTube that's channel? That's what yeah. I thought. We saw, yeah. we saw the whole thing. I, yeah. I was surprised when, because I remember they dropped this right after, and it was like the uncut version. And I was wondering, did, I, did I, had to, I, had, I had to work really hard to get them to upload that. I told them that was my suggestion. I thought this was going to do good. And if we're going to continue to go this way with, you know, Woken Matt Hardy, Broken Matt Hardy, uh, I, I think we should upload this because I think it will do good on YouTube and it will expose people to what our cinematic version of matches is was there pushback on that um i'm sure there was i'm sure there was you know but but it was one thing they ended up doing they uploaded it a few days after it took a few days to get it done but i mean I, i'll never forget like i told them and when the final deletion aired if they would have uploaded it uh the next day or directly thereafter it would have made so much money for them on youtube because there were so many power versions that were uploaded all over the internet everywhere doing millions of views at a time you know, and it took me a month to get them to upload it finally. And then, you know, still it sits at two point something million views or whatever. But if they would have done it first, it would have been a, you know, it would have been a, a 20 million view type thing, 20 to 30 million views or whatever. Well, let's not waste any more time. It's time for us to queue up the ultimate deletion. Hey guys, need to call a quick time out here. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my listeners over at OU didn't know for a while now about all the cool things happening over at adsfreeshows.com. The wrestling wars are heating up as David Crockett and Conrad revisit March of 1985 on The Book. Vince has brought WrestleMania 1 to life, while Jim Crockett Promotions is preparing to be back on TBS television. And you got Dusty Rhodes and Tully Blanchard on top, Magnum TA and Ivan Koloff for the U.S. title, $5,200 at the gate. And meanwhile, while that show's happening... WrestleMania is becoming a thing 
And uh, the wrestling wars are about to heat up because just one week from now, you guys are back on TBS. Former WWE executive John Filippelli sits down with Conrad on an all-new edition of The Insiders and discusses his tumultuous relationship with Bruce Prichard during his time with the company. Vince was trying to, I think there were times where he tried to sort of get us to try and work together better than we were. And I, when I was quite candid. I was quite candid about how I felt about him, about that I didn't appreciate you know, him undermining us or me. And I uh, I would have no part of it. And I told him, if he doesn't straighten his act out, I don't want, he, he's got to go. Either he goes or I go. Ad-Free Shows members recently got to chat live with the enforcer, Arn Anderson. And hear stories of legends like the late, great Bobby the Brain Heenan. Sharpest, funniest, wittiest guy there's ever been on this earth. I could look at Bobby and go, hey, Bobby, you got a bump on your neck. Before I could get neck out of my mouth, he had to come back. Boom, boom, boom. And just hilarious. That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself why Ads Free Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adsfreeshows.com. All right, guys, so get your videos started at 0000. Uh, you won't be able to hear it here, but Matt and I are going to be watching. And if we stop it all, we'll let you know and pause. Because, Matt, if there's anything that you want to make notes on and have some great stories about, please let us know and let's let's get down to it. Because I know you've got some Vince McMahon stories coming in and, and out of this. So here we go in five, four, three, two, one, begin. And right out of the gate, we get the old Bray Wyatt vignettes and a scenic view of the Hardy compound here. Mm -hmm. How big of a crew are we talking for this thing? Uh, there were like three different crews. So it was a, a little too much, a little excessive. There were three lighting crews. There were three filming crews. And uh, I think that was a little problem, problematic whenever we were like moving locations. It was just, just too big. But once again, they were doing it WWE style. So I, I appreciate them going all in on it. Was that a big adjustment as compared to the four-man crew that you do with some of the final deletion stuff? Yes, quite, quite different. Uh, this thing here, I, I, I love the fact that we start right with the gate. You see Bray walking in. That, that means you're kind of like entering the confines of the Hardy compound. And uh, it, once again, I just still have Bray, Bray with his little lantern. So good. Yeah. I love how we kicked it. I, I was a big fan of the Vanguard 1 graphics. I liked what they did there. They, they turned it into a green version. It was red before, but now it was green. Everybody tries to put their own touch on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Again, I wish we would have seen more Vanguard 1 prior to this. Like, even in the arena, yeah. they could have so easily yes. flown a drone in the arena. Yeah, I would have loved to have done that. At least had him backstage, introduce the character. And this was, uh, th this was cool. This was my idea about having Queen Rebecca playing his theme on the piano because it was something that, you know, translated over very easy to her on piano, and I thought it would be cool. And then... We go like uh, through a couple hundred feet of woods here, and this is back over like by Jeff's place. And this ring was set up in the exact same place where the final deletion ring was set up. That's what I was going to ask you about. This is the closest cinematic match to the final deletion. Are you borrowing any ideas from the final deletion as you're putting this thing together? I, I didn't want to borrow, borrow ideas, but I did want to do callbacks. Call, okay, My so whole these are homages, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that, that that was my whole idea in doing this. I wanted to put some new stuff on it, you know, and we have a thing here. I'll never get JB, Jeremy Borash. He said, oh, my God, they missed the shot. 
you know, because like we had a camera that shot at one time where Bray is over my shoulder. When I go, Bray, what? I knew you'd come. And they like did it from the side. And he's like, oh, they, they, why didn't they put the shot in? Because uh, J- JB was around and, and got to interact with him on this, but he wasn't part of the official shooting and editing of this version because he just 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 came to WWE at this time. Do you think it would have been even better if JB had been involved with it? Yes, I do. He 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 was in, involved with that House Hardy Halloween special we did on the network, which I, I think he added a lot to that. Yeah, that's a fun that's a so, fun special. Right, right here, we're laughing at one another. And that's why I say, you know, enough. The time for laughing is over. And then we go get serious from that point. And, and once again, that was a little dig. It just Vince making us laugh week in and week out. Around what time of the night are we talking about here? Uh, we're at probably 930, 10 o'clock right here. Okay. That, that is important context. <laughs> yeah. As, as I'm sure we'll I, I, I want to say it was one of those where it got dark. It got dark around eight. And then, you know, we did those first couple scenes of him walking through the gate, uh, you know, and then we had to move crews and get here to the ring. And then obviously this stuff we did in the ring, we probably did a couple takes of it, but like uh, we burned through this pretty quick. Th- these are one of the things that, uh, you know, th- that you can do pretty quickly because it's just like contained in the ring action. Mm-hmm. And I want to be honest to you. We both started with our jackets. It was so fucking. It was fucking twenty five degrees outside this night. We're doing this. That's why we both started with our jackets on too. You got to remember this. This was you know early in March, and it is still cold in March sometimes. Yeah. So we 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 uh, we didn't draw the the warm night card out of the out of the hat. We drew the cold night card. Now I'll ask you because I asked you something similar with the final deletion episode. When you guys are running these spots in the rings, is this just like putting together a normal match at this point? Well, not not yes and no. I mean, you, you do. I, I wanted this to have like some similarity to a normal match. Start like this. Once again, introducing this concept to WWE fans who've never seen this before, because that's still the mentality I was going. There's a lot of people that will get these callbacks to the final deletion, but there's also a lot of people that have never seen this before. So let's start it as like this regular match just out in the woods, you know, out in the forest as my wife and kids say now because they've been trained to say uh so so i want to start it with a little bit of a normalcy all right so now we get vanguard one initiating broomstick protocol which is to call for the pyro boomstick sorry boomstick my apologies it's still early where we're taping this (laughs) the boomstick protocol uh i love this shot shot how they got it from above up here those shots are the things that made the final deletion and just, I love it when I said, like, Vanguard, you know, Vanguard 1, initiate. And Bray's like, initiate what? Initiate what? And you see, like, a little worrying concern. Did um did the production crew watch the final deletion in preparation for this? They did. Okay. They did, yes. And and, so, and most of them had, most of them were, were pretty big fans of it anyway. Okay. I do I do remember that there was some chair shot in there. I'm not sure which one it was. Michael Hayes was out here kind of running this project too. He said, we got to do that again. He said, we got to lay that in more. <laughs> and I remember Michael said like, whatever you did there in, in, at Impact or TNA said, we have to do it better. So just keep that in mind. So, you know, I'd, I'd had this stuff run down and, and this, I remember it took a long time to switch the lights and the crew to this area. So now like we've probably moved to like, we're probably near 1130 or midnight right now while we're shooting this. Okay. Because this was a little ways away, and electricity electricity was the issue here. Because like 
the electricity had to be run from Jeff's house, which was uh, like 1,200 feet away. You know, it, it was pretty far away. So, so it took a while to set up all these lights and whatnot. This was also another thing I wanted to do was like a callback to Bray stuff. Uh, almost like have him remember and go through this trauma of his his home being burnt, being yeah. destroyed by by Orton, and it's a bit of a distraction. I have no problem and with Bray, that. You're connecting story too. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Bray, Bray was real into this too. He 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 dug this little twist in it as well. And I love the fact the editing the editing they did on that I, was above and beyond to me. I, I really liked it a lot. I liked the stuff that they added. You know, scenes from Bray's history. There was one thing I noticed that we're going to see throughout the course of this is when you guys moved over to the dilapidated city, we saw the little title card come up. Was that just a way of making the crowd familiar with where they were? Yeah. And once again, that was my idea. And I pitched to do that. And I even said it. And, you know, when I first wrote my version of it to Ed Kosky, and it was cool that that got improved, that that got approved. It feels like. Yes, that, that, been... that, that... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I said, no, I was cool. They got approved because I really feels like that, that allows the fans to be familiarized with the Hardy compound and all the different little areas, especially if we're going to do stuff like this going forward. I guess what I was just saying is it, it would not have been necessary had we taken the time in the weeks prior to introduce the crowd right. to this right. environment. So it, it does feel almost a little rushed in my opinion, but I'm glad that you did it for the sake of bringing that casual audience and if you notice, in one of the vignettes I did uh, a couple weeks before, I, I mentioned like the the land of obsolete men as it is here, or the dilapidated boat, whatever. Now we can pause right here. We are pausing. Okay. Yes. Uh, so when we get to this point, I can tell you, whenever we move down to this area, once again, this was very far from Jeff's place too. This is like right on the edge of our property on Jeff's side. Is this and your this pet is cemetery? This is Jeff's pet cemetery. This okay. this reeks right. of Jeff. I mean, if you look at all these tombstones, <laughs> you know, which are really tombstones for his pets that he's had throughout the years, uh, that 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 reeks of Jeff, and that says Jeff Hardy through and through and through. So it's about one one thirty at this time, and like they were kept trying to contact Vince, Michael Hayes, uh, Ed Kosky, all these guys, and then eventually, so okay, we, we're we're talking with Vince. Give us a few minutes, and like everybody pulled away. So now they're all huddling. All the production team are talking with Vince right on the phone. Keep in mind, it's like 1 o'clock, 1.30, and we've already shot uh, a, a bunch of stuff, as you can see already. So Vince said, uh, I just got to ask you, like, is this, you know, is are, are they doing, like, you know, bells and whistle shit? This should be, like, you know, absurd stuff. This should be over the top, super campy. He said, like, I, I don't want any serious wrestling bullshit. If they wrestled in a ring and they said, well, you know, there was a little, they had a match in the beginning, like, you know, three, four, five minutes where they were doing some spots, kind of like starting off slow and like building the story up, whatever. And Vince said, well, that's enough of that shit. I don't want any more serious wrestling at all. Because following this, we were going to go back to the ring. Uh, I was going to have the advantage. I was going to jump Bray coming out of this. I was going to have him in trouble. We we're going to go to the ring where Jeff did the swanton off the tree when I was on the ladder in the final deletion. I had two tables I was going to set up, put Bray on the bottom table. I was going to come off that tree. I'd build a, a stand on it and everything to, to go up there, and I'd already practiced it. Uh, I was going to jump off the stand and leg drop him through the two tables, and he was going to move, which was going to put me in jeopardy to kind of go like into the heat aspect of the match. But Vince, you know, they, they said, well, they have this one more spot in the ring. He said, nothing else in the ring. No more of this shit. No more. You know, and I thought that would have been a real cool spot because I wanted to still incorporate – the wrestling ring and wrestling spots and TLC shit in this. You see a ladder, which happens later. But then like 
once they got that call from Vince, they said, okay, well, we can't go back to the ring. Vince said he didn't want any more of this in-wrestling bullshit. He said he wants this, like, campy. He wants this, like, over the top. You know, this is, you know, supposed to be fun. You know, I want it, you know, larger in life, absurd to a degree. And we end up doing this. And I, I want to say this was Michael Hayes' idea. Uh, and, and, and looking back, it still, it, it works for me in, in the broken mat, broken universe. Because it is fantastical. It is over the top. And uh, I remember since, so it's kind of like, you know, you're going to play some music. What is this? Kind of like a Benny Hill spot. And that's like universally, that, that became known as the Benny Hill spot. Whenever we do this, you see me popping up behind these different, you know, Jeff Hardy inspired tombstones. And you see yeah. Bray smashing them all. And then they like fast forward it where you just see Bray and it cuts back and forth. And then I do that silly little run off, which, you know, there were so, so many memes and, and, and gifts <laughs> or gifts of that. Well, I, th there's two things I want to say about that. Uh, number one, isn't it ironic that here's the man that put you guys in serious wrestling matches that didn't work. And now he's like, all right, no more wrestling, pal. <laughs> in this thing, <laughs> I, I think there's a degree of irony there. And the other thing, too, you know, I've listened to so much of something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. It amazes me that over time, Vince stepped back so much from this as his crews grew. But for something like this, had this happened in the year 1996, Vince would have been there the entire time. He would have traveled oh, yeah. to Cameron, North Carolina, yeah. and he would have seen this shoot through from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. He would have been there right. the entire time. And uh, so you're just pretty much communicating with him via phone here, the crew is? Yeah, via phone. But I mean, the meeting happened like at 115, 1.30 a.m. You know, and that was the first time they really got an outline of like what was allowed and what Vince's vision was and, and what he really wanted. Because I, I kept asking him, I said, if you guys start with Vince, uh, you know, as far as shooting all this, and no, no, we're, we're just waiting to, to be in touch with him. And he kind of ghosted everyone until like, you know, the wee hours of the night is 115, when they when they they heard him. And he also... One of my favorite suggestions, they said, no, I like this lake concept. I, I like this, how it changes the character. I, that's great. That's great shit, pal. Good shit. He said, like, what I what I, what I could see is, like, Bray gets knocked into the lake. And then all of a sudden we have, like, a false finish where he pops out of the lake, but he's got a fish in his mouth. And, <laughs> and he sinks back down, which reminds me of, like, a Jason Voorhees, right? Like, Jason <laughs> popping out of the lake, then back down, a false finish. And, and they mentioned something about this. Said, you think we can get a fish? I said, dude, we're in Cameron, North Carolina. And now it's like when they're telling me this, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. It's not like you can just like go to a bait and tackle store that's open 24 no. hours. You know, <laughs> I, said, I, don't, I don't think we want to spend time catching a fish out by the lake of reincarnation either. Uh, you know, so <laughs> what that, that, that fish thing. And he said, oh, well, if you can't do it, you can't do it. But I, I think that'd be great. I think that'd be great. And, and it. I felt like the finish of the match needed to be like half as serious, especially yeah. because it was going to change. That would, been, that would have been too goofy. Now, too I, I, I think a, a goofy moment with uh, a character coming out with a fish in his mouth works at some point if it's just like yeah. a, a comedy part of the match or a scene. Right. But I, I thought at the very end, it's like he needs to disappear and be gone and he doesn't return until he returns and then he's changed. You know, so I, I, I didn't personally felt like that fit, but in a, in a different setting, I would totally be cool with doing sure. doing that. Absolutely. But just the fact, the fact that it's two in the morning and he wants us to go get a fish, <laughs> you know, and like put the fish in Bray's mouth, have him come out, was just so funny to me at that time. I mean, that is very much of Insick Man. All right, guys, we're at the 803 mark of this video. We're going to resume in three, two, one. So we get Bray running around trying to find you. You will never get this. You will never get this. And yeah. as you said, and Danny I Hill thought. I keep calling them different versions of eater, devourer, consumer. 
Uh, yeah, and and right here, this is this is where it goes full Benny Hill, right? He's running around. You see these different versions of where is he? Where is he? <laughs> and this 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 run, <laughs> <laughs> little Jimmy leg run there. I love it. Jimmy leg run. You're right. <laughs> so Bray has recognized you're gone. That's how I knew it's Jeff's property, the Bobcat there. Yeah, we were also going to do a spot off the Bobcat. I was going to, to jump on him off the Bobcat and knock him into one of the graves. We had an open grave out there. That was the initial spot we were going to do, and then I was going to take him to the ring, but then the ring got ixnate, obviously. So now th this was going to be after I jumped out of the tree and crashed and burned through the two tables he was on. He was going to beat me back to the Dome of Deletion, so now we just picked up on what we are going to do from the original plan. I actually did think it was funny when I watched it back yesterday before we taped this that I, he got into the heat pretty quickly here. Like, like you you hit a move on him, you just turned you around, and then we're into the heat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we get a pinfall, pinfall attempt, just two. Back of the head. And this is so funny. I mean, we're literally fighting out, like, right, right by my house, you know, right on the edge of the woods. We're near the Dome of Deletion, as you said. This, if I'm not this is the main event of the show, correct? Correct. Yes, this went on last. Man, I mean that must have been such a let's cross our fingers kind of moment here too, right? Yeah, it, well, I, but honestly, too, I don't think they really had any option. I mean, you weren't if you're going to show it to the crowd. I mean, when else are you going to do it? I don't. I don't think you want to during the yeah. show show a you know 20 minute segment with commercials in it or whatever 21 minute segment. You know during during the, the middle of the show and not have any action in the ring. I almost feel like it had to be on last. All right, we are in the Dome of Deletion officially. You're crawling in. Mm-hmm. I love the fact, too, that Bray, Bray, Bray magically opened the door with his own mind. He can even yes. do things here at the, at the Dome of Deletion. I think the Dome magic of might, be, might be my favorite part of the House Hardy. Oh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. There's a lot of lore in the Dome of Deletion. Randomly, there, there's there. piano chilling there. Yeah, it's so funny. Marty was just saying the other day, he said, Mama, why do you have so many pianos? She said, which one do you like better, the white one or the black one? She said, I have all those pianos because I deserve all those pianos. That sounds like, she something, your wife piano. would say to her. Sounds like something your wife would say to a three-year-old. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She fired up on him. So here we go. Once again, we're going to have some tables and... Uh, We'd had a, a little chair earlier. It was also very important to me to, considering this was WWE, I wanted to incorporate the TLC aspect of, of my career in all this too. So that that was it was very disappointing we didn't get to do that big table spot. But we do have the ladder. We do have the ladder. We had the chair earlier with Bray, so we got two two out of three ain't bad, as they say, I guess. Yes, and now we are setting up for what I think Matt Hardy is, in my opinion, the most memorable moment from the Ultimate Deletion. Yeah, which is going to be your internal quarrel over whether yeah. to use the chair of wheels or the mower of log. Go ahead. Why don't, why don't you give us give yeah. us some broken mat here? How how would that sound? Yeah, yes. Chair of wheels, more of lawn. Chair of wheels, more of lawn. Chair of wheels, more of lawn. Yes, wonderful. You had to get a little more intense with each one of those. Mm. That the, uh, the, uh, oh, that was that 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 meme and that video was everywhere. It still gets I get it all yeah. the time now. It's used so much. One thing I really wish the production would have done different is like here, whenever we're playing, like 
I, I really wish there would have been like you hear the motor going and then Bray's like doing magic. But I, I wish you could have heard the the engine stop like, and it was like louder because that was the that's what we ended up doing here. That he stopped the more of lawns because he's a, a magical being as well. He's spooky. He's very yeah. spooky. <laughs> he's spooky, pal. <laughs> we're back in a ring. So back we're okay going back in a ring here. This isn't a problem. Uh, I mean, it, it was cut very short, <laughs> as you can see. Yeah. We were gonna we're we're gonna do a little extra here, but this was just uh, another spot for Bray to stop me. Ooh. So we were at, ring, and and I I think yeah, it's the hardest part of the ring, right? I, I think I had to to fight a little bit. I was like, no, come on, we need to do this. We're in this whole dome deletion. Like th this is this ring has been. It was you know, this ring is kind of what started the whole broken stuff when Jeff and I had the. You know, the the deal uh, that was the first thing that really was the, the the insanely polarizing segment between Broken Matt and Brother Nero. You know, the very first time I said, you, you, you know, Brother Nero, I knew you'd come and I brought him out. I said, we must go to the genesis of our beginning or whatever nonsense I said is Broken Matt Hardy. You know, that was the ring. So it was just like I felt like once again, it was very important to see this ring in the Dome of Deletion because this was such a, a major part of, you know, the final deletion, the leader decay, Apocalypto. So I wanted that represented. We I love when Brad time to go home. Time to go home. That's right. I, I do like yeah. that the match is kind of set up in chapters too. Yeah. It is. It is definitely. Uh, you know, definitely. And I almost feel like you could say it's it's different chapters depending on what the geography of the Hardy compound we were at. I, I think that's what you're using as the chapter markers where where yeah. you are on the compound. Because you, you see right here, Lake of Reincarnation, yeah. which is a huge what was a huge character in the uh, the Broken Universe saga. Certainly so. Things aren't looking good for Woken Matt here. He's asking for his old friend Scarsgard. It's just you know it's great that we get to see all the characters again, which you know I, I they they did me right by that. You know we got to see all the old characters. And here's Bray about to give me a sister Abigail onto Skarsgård. But Vanguard one is there for you. That was an interesting shot where we were a little concerned about that. Like, you know how drones move pretty fast. Just him catching it and like with those blades and stuff, they'll chop you up if they hit you. Oh, yeah. oh he caught it perfectly and that he did. That's your cutoff spot there, Matt. Because yeah, now all of a sudden Skarsgård, oh, hardy compound magic. Look at that. Your Benjamin. Whose idea was this? Uh, th 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 this was mine originally. I mean, like, I, I kind of did a lot of this, and I ran it by Bray, and he seemed cool with all that. And then only that time we ever see Brother Nero. That's the only time we yeah. ever see Brother Nero in yeah. WWE. He was very happy to put those contacts on at this time. I'm sure he was. Twist of fate. But, I mean, obviously, we get two of the... You know, Senior Benjamin hugely over during the, the, the first initial run of the Broken Universe. We get to see him, and he appears on WWE programming. Pretty amazing. And then, uh, obviously, Jeff Hardy, one of the most over superstars of all time. So that, that was definitely the time to go to the finish after that. That was going to be a big high spot. And here's the part where he's going in the lake. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so sad we 
Vince was suggested earlier, maybe we could have that fish for him. We could have Bray come out like Jason Voorhees with the fish in his mouth wiggling around. And that is so it. He has won the ultimate deletion. Yeah, and then I'm asking Senior Benjamin to uh, to go and procure his carcass. So I've got a, a, some funny stories, which I'm going to hit right at the very end of this. And and you're probably right. We're at like 4.35 a.m. right now. And I remember like Bray was hauling ass out of here because I, I want to say he had like a 7.30, 8 a.m. flight. I think most of them did. Most everybody flew home that next morning. Hope you, got a good hope you got a good shower in, Matt Hardy. I can, uh, <laughs> I can after falling into the waters there. But you, you have won the ultimate deletion. Bray's body is nowhere to be found. You have deleted him successfully. And uh, it, it also helped that you had none other than Senor Benjamin there. And rumor has it, Matt Hardy, that's what I've been hearing around the the compound these days that senior Benjamin in particular has been pretty damn busy with a new product. He has the whacker of weeds. The whacker it's, it's of weeds. Go ahead. It's not the one you think it is the manscaped whacker of weeds. He loves it. And uh, I got to say, I, I use it on my nose hair. Senior Benjamin uses it on his nose hair. It's a uh, very beneficial to have a whacker of weeds, a weed whacker. Once you get a little bit older, because that hair is very annoying and you want to get rid of it. And nobody does it better than Manscaped. We're talking about the Whacker of Weeds 2.0 in particular, because that is part of the brand new nose and ear hair trimmer package that Manscaped is offering with the Beard Hedger Package Pro Kit. It is the ultimate package that makes it easier than ever to craft your signature look. Matt Hardy, I know, I know that... As you go through these different versions, including Broken Matt, that facial hair and the nose hair, uh, it gets to be a bit much sometimes. And now Manscaped, yes. they're helping you trim above the belt. Uh, how have they helped you? Uh, they have certainly helped me with my nose hair, my ear hair. You know, I got to tell you, John, if it makes you feel any better, your hair growth only gets worse as you get older. So, yeah, it's great. You should definitely use your weed whacker. Make sure you keep it charged. And anytime you need to trim up that nose hair, that ear hair, any uh, annoying hair, it'll get it done for you. Was that a nice fresh shave you had right there and you used the weed whacker that we're seeing? You know it was. I cleaned up my nose, man. My nose feels like a million bucks. I breathe better now. Man, the, the brand new Weed Whacker 2.0 offers improved blades and skin-safe technology with a no-tugging guarantee. It's never been so painless to mind your manholes. We're talking about a waterproof cordless trimmer that has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard, one Vanguard. That's all you need. No more messy drawers full of extra ads on. And the Pro Kit also comes with four dermatologist tested formulations for your post-trim care, including Manscaped's beard shampoo and conditioner, beard oil, and beard balm to moisturize, style, and shimmer your new beard. Manscaped wants to hook you up. So do we at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Go to manscaped.com. Use our code Hardy for 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code Hardy. Always use the right tools for the job with our friends over at Manscaped. Okay, Matt, uh, we just watched The Ultimate Deletion, watching it back for the first time in a while. How are you feeling about it? I, I enjoyed it. And once again, I'm very happy that it happened, and I'm very grateful that WWE and 
you know, the emperor, Vince McMahon, gave us the opportunity to do that. And uh, looking back, I, I, I think it turned out really good. And it ended up being a win at the end of the day. Like, I, I know it trended number one worldwide for about three and a half hours after the show. As I uh, sent you those receipts, like every 15 minutes, I was like checking. <laughs> I was so hype and so excited that like people were buzzing about it. And uh, overall, it was very positively received. And I, I got to tell the story at the very end of the night, too. So I know you said that you hope Bray got a, a shower at the end. He, he did end up jumping in the shower at my place, and he took one before he left. But he also didn't go in the lake. Um, we did uh, the, the editing of TV magic to, to make it look like he went in the lake. So we were out there, and he's like, no, I, I'm gonna, I'll go in the lake. Like, I want to do it. Like, I don't, I don't want to fake it, whatever. And Michael Hayes said, like, I can't do this in good confidence. It's like a little over 20 degrees. I can't let you go in there and get new one. I said, Michael, I'll tackle him in. How about that? And we'll both go in. We'll go in simultaneously. And then I'll come out and then I'll send Senior Benjamin in. And, you know, then, then he can see that, you know, the body's gone. So he has been transformed or whatever. Uh, another funny thing was that shot that they did with Senior Benjamin at the very end where he went in with the big boots on and he was like poking around trying to find him. So we didn't know this at the beginning, but he had a hole in his boots. I guess they got oh, no. torn a little bit. So he was sitting in there and he said, oh, we need to like change a shot or square up one second. He said, just stay right there, uh, senior. Please stay right there. And he was sitting there and he was like, he was shaking. I said, you all right, Vinny? He said, yes, yes. And he didn't, tell, he didn't tell us until later, like one of his boots was full of water. And, you know, it was like 20, 22, 23 degrees. And he was in water, like standing there for like 10 minutes, you know, while they were, you know, squaring up that shot, which was crazy. But both Bray and I, we, we, we wanted to go in the water, but we were, we were shut down by Michael Hayes. Maybe the right decision, you know, but you know, we're, we're, we're up for doing whatever we wanted to look as authentic as possible. Was, was Michael Hayes about the broken character? Was he into it? Yeah. I mean, I just, I know he said, he said, whatever you, whatever you did at TNA, he said, we got to do it better. We got to do more. So this, this has to look better. This is WWE. It has to be better. It has to be more. Yeah, he, he did. I mean, I don't, once again, I think he thought some of it was weird. It was strange. It wasn't necessarily his cup of tea, but he did understand that it made a connection with fans and, and they, they liked it. So for that, he definitely has respect because he, he understands like if a, if a character connects and gets over and like people are cheering or booing or doing their taunts, you know, that that character's over and he's kind of open-minded to, to whatever. You know, even if it is something that's not necessarily their cup of tea, he gets that, that, you know, you don't always just get to help or, or, or book things that are your cup of tea that, that you're a fan of. And I think that's something that's very important to remember as a promoter, even if it's something that you don't necessarily like, or you don't necessarily get, if the, if the people like it, then you got to kind of roll with it. You can't just book the show for you. You have to think about the greater good. You have to think about the totality of your, your product and, and, you know, what people like and whatnot. It does pull more than three million in the third hour, so that's got to be considered a success to some degree. But uh, it is it is an interesting reaction, like you said, with the fans. It got over pretty well. But I want to read this note from the Observer here. Dave says, "Ultimate Deletion is one of those things that some will love and some will hate. I'm all for different. I do think it'll help build the Hardy merchandise and greatly helps their character. Without it, they were being treated like the usual over 40 characters in WWE, which they just used to put people over. It was weird because before the segment, Michael Cole, and this had to be on the orders from Vince, he says, apologized for the segment right before airing it. And then on the Hulu version, it was edited off the show entirely. Um, that's... That's 
pretty significant. He says live in the building, they didn't air it at all. And instead did a segment with Stroman, Elias and Kane. Uh, is that Matt fact or is that Matt fiction? They did air another segment. I thought they aired part of it in the building though. They might've. I, 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 I stayed around to watch it. I mean, it aired, it was on all the monitors backstage. Okay. I, I feel I feel like a little bit of wasn't they, they did do another segment I, I do know that that they ended the night with which probably was Braun Strowman whatever um, so yeah I, I'm not 100 percent the whole thing here but I, I definitely I definitely know they they teased it they played a little bit of it to the audience um, the the one thing I was going to say too like I know when it come comes to like Hulu uh, the Hula uh, version of the show I mean once again I think Vince tried to put like what is WWE's top property, which he would feel like is stuff he created on the show. That's what he's always going to do. You know, just unless something gets so over and out of control that you just can't deny it. If it's like a, a Daniel Bryan situation back then, you know what I mean? That's like one of those things he's kind of, they kind of forced his hand into. What did you think of Cole burying the segment before him? Uh, that, that was frustrating. I mean, I, I guess w- once again, as I spoke about in the, the last episode, the production meeting, they watched the match, you know, in its entirety. And uh, there was like, you know, the writers and stuff that were clapping for it. Oh my God, that was so much fun. It's great. And this was just like, I, I don't get it. You know, I, I don't get it. So I feel like he probably thought because his vision of wrestling is what all of his fan base's vision of wrestling is. So he probably had that statement go out just in case like people shitted on it, whatever, so that he wasn't held fully responsible for it. You know, but it, it, it was disappointing to have him do that, you know, and even Michael Cole being fed that by Vince and having to say that was obviously disappointing, you know, kind of like, you know, set us up to fail right off the jump. But, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. Five years ago, crazy Matt Hardy, um, you know, Bray back in there today. He was uh, <laughs> a lot of rumors this past week about Bray Wyatt going around Um uh, some of our fans wanted to know from you if you had any thoughts on some of those rumors. You know, it, it sounds like it's more just a, a personal condition sort of thing with him. But I know that his return has been pretty polarizing. Do you have anything you'd like to say about Bray in particular as we wrap this episode? Yeah, I mean, I, Bray's a good dude. Uh, he's always been very supportive of me. He's uh, been a good friend since I've I've, I've known him. And uh, I just I want him to be good. It's the most important thing. Like fuck wrestling at the end of the day. Like I, I want him to be good personally on his own. You know, he's got got kids, got a family, and I, that's the first priority. So you know, the the only thing I really hope for him, I got lots of love for him. I, I hope he's good. One hundred percent, I agree with you, and I hope he's doing all right. And hopefully, he'll be back in the ring soon. Good stuff here, Matt, on the ultimate deletion. Uh, We appreciate everyone tuning in. Again, the biggest way you help out this podcast, guys, leave that five single, five single, five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to Matt Hardy Brand on YouTube and share the podcast. It really helps us grow our brand so much. And if you'd like to be part of that brand, by the way, advertise with Hardy.com. Look, we got thousands of listeners and viewers every single week, and we want to help you get your word out about your company, your business, your entity, whatever it may be. Maybe it's a podcast. We'll promote your podcast on this podcast. Advertisewithhardy.com. That Matt Hardy endorsement goes quite a long way, let me tell you that, my friend. So make sure you get in on that. Advertisewithhardy.com. Anything else you'd like to add this week, Matt Hardy, as we wrap things up on the Extreme Life? 
No, that, that, that was fun. It was a, a, a fun little look back at that time. And that, that was a, a very fun part of my final WWE run, getting the opportunity to take a character I created elsewhere and bring it to WWE television. And, and I am very grateful that I, I got the opportunity to do this cinematic match. And the fact that I've had them spanning three different companies, I, I'm proud of that. I feel like a proud papa, you know, the cinematic matches and impact uh, in WWE and also in AEW, all elite wrestling. Uh, very proud of that fact. Well, good luck with your training of Stokely Hathaway. I know you got to get off and get out there and start in, in the gym with him. So by all means, start clanking and banging with Stokely over there with Stankly. Uh, good luck. The words have been spoken here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. We'll see you next week.